I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of Rock M Reacts, fresh off of a uh, a tough, hard-fought defeat uh, at the hands of the Georgia Bulldogs, 30-21. to 21. Uh, Tigers looked to be kind of down and out multiple points throughout this game, but fought back. Brady Cook, Luther Burden, offensive stars, defensive stars as well, etc., kind of making key plays to keep them in the game. But in the end, Georgia seemed to kind of, A, wear down the defense. The environment seemed to get to the offense late. Cook made a couple uncharacteristic mistakes late in this game. And the Tigers fall to seven and two. Uh, now two games back from Georgia in the SEC East, uh, with a couple of big games coming up down the stretch. But just in kind of reacting to the game, I was not there in person, but uh, our own Dean Rao was there uh, in Athens uh, for the game. So just kind of going to a kind of what the environment, the game day environment was like, the, the Mizzou presence, and just kind of what Sanford was like during the game, and then also just how you think the Tigers kind of handled the environment throughout the game with with the noise and kind of how the momentum swung. Yeah, so from what I really saw, there wasn't many Mizzou fans there. Obviously, I wrote a piece uh, that, you know, was out right after the game about the game day environment. It took me about 30 minutes before the game walking around uh, Athens to find a Missouri fan, actually. Um, it was, and it happened to be Tyron Hopper's uncle. And um, it was, it was really, it was a really cool environment. I have to say it was loud. It was hitting 120 decibels at some points. And, you know, as to how Mizzou handled that, um, that environment. There were a couple times, uh, some snaps were snapped to without Brady Cook's knowledge. He wasn't ready for him. There was an incredible play on that last drive where he threw an interception that he wasn't even ready for the snap, but it, the ball just held there right on his on his stomach, and he still got a pass off to Theo East for a first down. 
Um, there was a lot of, there was a few delay of game penalties, a few false start penalties, you know, something you'd expect from an, a ruckus atmosphere like this. But to say that their handling of the atmosphere is perfect wouldn't be the case. But would I say it's bad? I also wouldn't say that. I would say they kind of, you know, did it in a, you know, a mediocre way, I'd say, of handling an atmosphere like this. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, Mizzou was a little bit overwhelmed at times throughout this game. It, the moment seemed, at times they seemed kind of like they belonged right in the field of Georgia. At times it seemed like the moment was a little bit too big for them. Um, and it, it seemed like it did really get to them down the stretch. I mean, Sanford is one of the greatest environments in the sport, uh, 90,000 plus strong. And that fan base was ready for, you know, really itching for a game like this, this season. Um, and it, we saw kind of how that home field advantage paid off. They've obviously won. I forget the exact number, how many home games in a row, but it, it's among the the longest all time, uh, I believe at least top five. So, uh, a, a tough kind of environment to walk into and come out with a win. I think overall they handled it well. And I think a lot, as you said, a lot of those mistakes were were to be expected with the team that hadn't necessarily Kroger Field. Yes, was sold out, but it was sixty one thousand, and it was half empty by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. Sanford was a little bit different tonight, um, but just looking at how the game went, um, you obviously saw early on explosive pass Luther Bird and gets things started. The Missouri offense is, you know, firing on all cylinders. Carson Beck responds. Teams go back and forth a little bit in the first quarter. Then then you hit a lull in the second. Third quarter comes around, and that's when things really got interesting in this game. And Georgia seemed to really claim momentum for a little bit um, and kind of take control of the game. Carson Beck and that offense was really in a rhythm. Uh, Brady Cook and co. kind of took a step back for a bit. But then Mizzou, when they were down and out by two scores, fought back, got a, got a clutch score um, to, to put themselves right back in it. And then fourth quarter rolls around, and Mizzou with a couple chances to still kind of either reclaim the lead or get back in the game can't take advantage of it, whether it be turnovers, mistakes, not being able to get stops on third downs on defense. So just kind of what you see from how Mizzou progressed throughout the game, fighting back multiple times, but was it maybe a case of just having to expend too much energy to stay in the game and not being able to close the deal late? Yeah, I would say that. I'd say the pivotal moment was definitely the intercept, the first interception from Cook. I mean, you know, you were driving on the field, you're at midfield, you know, touchdown gets you the lead. You know, they were on their heels, and then that kind of play was, you know, kind of really just gifted to them there uh, with the throw. I mean, I, I from what I saw, I really don't know what he saw. I I, I don't know why he, he really threw that ball uh, in that direction at all. Um, and, and that seems to be sometimes, you know, in high-pressure moments, it can happen to Brady, uh, namely the LSU game. You know, he made, you know, some, some, some boneheaded plays late as well there. Um, as far as what, you know, went wrong – you know, they started off the game with a great drive. And I feel like, you know, some of that downfield looking for burden one-on-one, I think they lost that over the course of the game there. I think the wide receiver matchup with the corners, I think they had the advantage there and they should have really exploited that more. Would have liked to see it. But then again, obviously this is the best defense they've played all season. It's one of the best defenses in the country. So really can't ask for much more than that. The defense as well was fantastic. Um, they really put out a great performance. Um, you know, holding the, the the Bulldogs to field goals on plenty of occasions. So can't really fault them there either. Well, and yeah, and just kind of going off of that, it, another big thing kind of coming into this game that was a major key was was how Mizzou would be able to match up with Georgia in the trenches. Georgia's offensive line only allowed six sacks up at this point in the season, kind of regarded as one of the best in the nation coming into this one. But Mizzou's defensive line had been creating a lot of havoc, uh, especially as of late, as Darius Robinson and some of those other transfers had really settled in at defensive end. 
Flip side, Mizzou's offensive line was one of the most improved in the country, but it hadn't faced someone like the Georgia front seven as of yet. Um, just how do you think they held up? Mizzou outgained Georgia on the ground by, I believe, 20 or 30 yards, something along those lines. Cody Schrader averaged, uh, I believe it was 4.4 yards, or no, 5.1 yards per carry, and the team as a whole was 4.4. Uh, so outgaining Georgia on the ground, a team that generally relies on its ground game at least to get the offense going. Fairly impressive. Also recorded three sacks against the Georgia offensive line, which was half of what they had allowed up all season long. So how much of an impact do you think that made on Mizzou being able to stay in this game and hang around? And just kind of how impressed were you with, with Mizzou being able to hang with a team that one could argue is the best in the country in terms of in the trenches play on both sides of the ball? No, I think it was insanely impressive. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I was at the post-game presser with Kirby just now, and he was talking about how Darius Robinson is one of the hardest guys to block in the country. And uh, to say that about a guy like Darius Robinson, who, you know, obviously uh, stepped up into a huge role at the edge rusher position this season, uh, a position that was in question prior to the season beginning, and he's really answered that question and more. I mean, tonight he was everywhere. You know, you're constantly winning his pass rush reps. I mean, he's analytically been one of our best players this season, and for good reason. Um, I think, you know, him being able to, you know, you know, um, win first down for the Tigers. You know, uh, Kirby said after the game that they, he believed that the Tigers had beat, had won first down on defense more often than the, the Bulldogs did. And um, and that was the case. It was more so just like, you know, some big opportunistic plays on second and third down that really didn't go uh, the way of the, um, of the Tigers. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame that, you know, the performance wasn't really met with, you know, at the same amount of offensive prowess, but then again, you can't really fault it there because of how, um, I mean, how good the Georgia, you know, team overall is just talent wise. Kind of the, the last point I kind of wanted to get into just, just about this game in general is how Missouri's offense coming in against the Georgia defense that, obviously among the best in the country these past couple of years, again, this season, despite not being maybe at the same level, um, still an elite unit that across the board uh, was among the best in the country at every position. Uh, You especially look at that secondary, which coming into this game, everybody was looking at how was Missouri's wide receiver core going to be able to match up with them. Saw Byrne get an advantage early on, but he only had uh, 10 receiving yards after that, large part due to injury, of course, but you saw Theo Weiss really step up. Brady Cook throwing a lot of back shoulder balls today to, to Weiss and um, Makai Miller, too, as well. <clears throat> so just Mizzou's offense, Kirby Moore, how he called this game as well. Just how do you think that that unit fared against Georgia's defense and, and adjustments throughout the game and kind of that matchup of a chess match of Kirby Moore versus Kirby Smart? Yeah, I think they fared very well. I think that the the wide receiver corner matchup Mizzou had the advantage on coming into this game. I think they could have really done a better job of exploiting that, actually. You know, you saw late in the game when it was, you know, desperation. Uh, Weiss was consistently beating his man on those, you know, back shoulder throws. I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, he's a super talented on those kind of plays. So, um, you know, I, I would have liked to see them exploit that more, try and find more one-on-ones. Um, but, you know, with the way the running game was going, you had to keep feeding the rock there. I, I really do think that... Um, some of the drives just needed to be extended longer. You know, those big third down plays, they didn't really make those plays when they needed to as much as Georgia did. Uh, Georgia, you know, I really, it's so weird. Like, you know, this is the first time the offense hasn't, you know, scored more than 30 points since the, um, you know, middle Tennessee game, but I don't feel they played that bad. They really did get the yardage. They just couldn't punch it in. Yeah. That was one of of my main takeaways from this game was, was 
you weren't going to win this game kicking field goals, you know, and while kicking only two isn't the worst thing in the world, you, to take down the number two team in the country on the road, you have to convert those, at least one of those two into touchdowns. Certainly some missed opportunities there. Um, I missed opportunity in general in Athens, but still a valiant performance, something that I don't think any Mizzou fan or player coach should be hanging their hat on uh, or hanging their head about. But that being said, you now move forward. Three games left on the, on the schedule. First place in the SECs is more than likely, at least out of the, well, actually mathematically, Georgia only has two SEC games left. Um, but in looking ahead, you got Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, Tennessee looking like probably the other strongest contender in the East. And that could be a de facto second place uh, game in the SECs. Then you got Florida down the line who just took a tough loss that Arkansas team you're also going to play. So it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, stretch coming up. In looking ahead, just does today kind of change? How much does today's performance change your perspective of of this team? And how do you see them faring next week against a Tennessee team that's going to come in with an explosive offense, has dropped 128 points in the past two meetings with Mizzou, uh, and has so many weapons all over the field that are going to be very similar to Georgia in the fact that they can beat you in so many different ways? Yeah, I mean, you know, after the game, Elia, uh, you know, Coach Drink, he really talked about, you know, not hanging your hat on moral victories, but um, in a world where the college football playoff looks at margin of victory very closely, you have to admit that you know this 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 kind of game will show the whole country that Mizzou is not just some team that's seven and one with a couple wins, good wins. It, they're actually a team that is you know really talented here to play and can be a New Year's Six contender. I believe I, I, I strongly believe that if they can win this game against Tennessee, you know, and especially win out, which uh, you know. I, I really do think if they can get over that hurdle in Tennessee, they can do that. Um, as far as, yeah, it's completely, it doesn't really change my perspective on this team. It might change a lot of other people's perspective on this team that weren't really looking at it closely. I've always thought this team was special since I got to see that offensive performance against K-State. Like, it was just a complete flip from what I had been used to be seeing from this team. Offensively, this team is very good. Um, you know, I think, I, I really don't think that... Uh, I really do think that this result tonight, while it is disappointing, while it does take us out of the race from the SEC East, I think it should really change the public's perception of this Mizzou team and, uh, you know, how they have performed this whole season. And if they are for real or not, I think that they are for real. Okay, I, I agree with you. I think it's more of a sense of you look statistically, you look, you know, by just watching the game. And I don't think there was any area where you look at and say, wow, Georgia outplayed Missouri by miles. It was a game in which they were toe-to-toe with them in most statistical categories and on the field they looked like they belonged with them in the end i think it was georgia's you know kind of that championship pedigree and experience of being in games like this over the past two three years that really helped them because when that late in the third fourth quarter came around they seemed a lot more comfortable and that they also had the home crowd at their back of course but they seemed a lot more comfortable whereas mizzou looked to be pressing a little bit more that was more than likely a difference at the end of the day, but that's also just a part of the maturation of a building program, which drink would still, while they have achieved uh, to get higher up that on top this year, they're not at the top of it yet. They are not there yet, uh, but it is. it looks like it is coming soon based on how everything is coming together. But that'll wrap up another episode of Rock and Reacts uh, for Park Gillen from Columbia and Adine down, uh, down in Athens as our boots on the ground. Uh, we'll... See y'all next week. Uh, I believe Dean will be back in coverage for the for this Tennessee game as well, which should be a fun one. Uh, game time will probably be announced sometime tomorrow, but it, potentially Georgia's going to get that CBS slot uh, after winning this game. So more than likely a night game uh, in primetime at Field next week, which who can ever complain about that? So 
we will see you all next week uh and be sure to uh be sure to show out the rest of the season to, despite these losses because this team is still still was fun to watch today and still will continue to be fun to watch i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more, just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.